I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Well, hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Design to Heal. We have a, a return guest, a guest I actually have been really looking forward to have on the show. Uh, he's difficult to get because he's a busy guy and uh, he's uh, certainly um, always sharing and he's a, in a hot and high demand, but we have got Dr. Jack Wolfson with us back on the show. Many of you know him, you love him. I send his episode out all the time because uh, you know him as a cardiologist, a holistic cardiologist, a preventative cardiologist, uh, his wife as well, uh, Dr. Wolfson. She's a chiropractor. He gives her a lot of credit for helping uh, kind of wake him up to the holistic side of things. But then of course, COVID has happened and the world lost its mind and everybody started talking about hearts again because of jabs and injuries. And so we've wanted to have our first show with Doc was about, you know, just traditional heart stuff. But um, now everybody's talking about hearts and heart attacks and strokes and cardiovascular disease. And so, um, my friend, first of all, thank you for uh, getting back on the show. We love having you back and uh, looking forward to talking today. Thanks so much, Dr. Ben. You know, you mentioned kind of how busy I am and time constraints. Most of my being busy and time constraints is really just trying to be the best husband I can mm. be and the best father I can be to my four children. But uh, I'm happy to be on and share, uh, share the latest with uh, your listeners. Well, will you? Will, let's just dive in, Doc. I mean, so... Well, you've, the first show tells some of your journey about, you know, cardiovascular practice in general and your history and your dad and all that. But what has happened in these last few years? What's the kind of what do we need to understand about what's going on with, you know, I guess we could start with maybe jabs. Just maybe give us where you're at, what your journey's been these last few years with with everything going on with COVID and what you're seeing happen and maybe some some thoughts for us on it just to get started. Well, you know, Dr. Heather and I have been doing uh, uh, natural immunity webinars and seminars for many, many, many years. In fact, we did an event called Wide Awake back in 2016, and we had hundreds of people there in attendance at that event. So one of the slides that we've shown repetitively is kind of the sequence of what's next, and there's always a what's next. So it could be the you know great flu of 1870, and then another one in 1898, and then another one is the Spanish flu, yeah. and then we get into the Hong Kong flu and Ebola and Zika and SARS-1 and now, you know, SARS-2 and it just goes on and on and on. So one of the slides we show is actually from a medical journal that says, you know, SARS, Ebola, Zika, what's next? And what was next was uh, COVID, you know, what they would call COVID-19. Yeah. So there's always something next. And what we need to really do is to prepare people for what's coming after this one, because there will be something else It likely will be dramatically uh, worse, impact a lot more people with the idea of leading to a lot more draconian regulations and controls over the populace. So 
I think, of course, our listeners are going to understand that it is interesting. I think some people, I, I, listen, I'm all for new people coming into the, the fold as they're waking up and, and doctors and holistic doctors, but I do have a special place in my heart for people that were uh, aware and awake before before COVID. So yeah, your wife and you speaking out about vaccines and speaking out. I mean, you were getting in hot water before getting in hot water was, was cool, right? You were being canceled before cancel culture was a thing. Um, Doc, do you mind talking for a minute about the the realities that the 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 jab was causing with heart problems and maybe just your perspective on that because I, there's not a day that goes by in my practice where I don't have somebody come in that's been affected by that and I, I was excited to have you on because I know you you have expertise in this area so if you're comfortable do you can mind just giving us kind of a, a high level view of what you've seen happening with that and the things you're helping people with yeah, let me just tell you that, uh, just start off with a story. There's a patient of mine, and he's got what's called ischemic cardiomyopathy. So he has heart failure because he's had a heart attack. And because of that, prophylactically, for what's called primary prevention, they put in a defibrillator. So a pacemaker defibrillator was installed because those people are at higher risk of having an arrhythmia event or sudden cardiac death. So this device installed would therefore resuscitate that person. So this particular person, he had the device installed and he had it in for 11 months and not a blip, not one mm-hmm. irregular heartbeat. He does not get therapy or defibrillated from the device. Then he gets one COVID shot. Three days afterwards, he has a cardiac arrest. Wow. So he doesn't have anything for 11 months. Then he gets a shot and then three days later, he goes into cardiac arrest and the device resuscitates him. And then he goes to see his, at that time, cardiologist. And the cardiologist, of course, says, no link, no association. And that really just kind of epitomizes the, uh, you know, the, the, the language and, and the thought processes of these doctors as it relates to injury from said COVID shots. And in my practice, I saw heart attacks. I saw a lot of atrial fibrillation. I've seen strokes, blood clots, certainly Bell's palsy and uh, low testosterone levels unexplicably uh, occurring. Now, I will say this, the majority of the patients in my practice did not get the shots. Mm. Some did, and I kind of, in a lot of ways, blame myself for not informing people, you know, more so. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I did a lot to try and inform people over the years. As you said, we know my wife and I have been leading the natural immunity uh, you know, charge for, you know, since 2005 when she once she first told me about these, you know, things. So, uh, you know, and we certainly saw a lot in my practice, and uh, it's it's unfortunate. And here's the crazy thing about it too: is that out of the thousands of patients in my database, only one person allegedly died from COVID, mm-hmm. and that that particular woman was not following the entire plan that we follow eat well live well think well uh and that particular person she was on ivermectin and i've never written a prescription for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine Mm -hmm. and that particular woman also she had lost her husband four months prior to metastatic prostate cancer so i think that Mm -hmm. she kind of had that like loss of you know just i'm just severe you know uh, you know trauma and and somewhat of a depression that she was in that i think contributed to it but um now that being said uh we did have people who were hospitalized and some very sick people you know by definition as far as comorbidities 
but uh, you know, didn't lose anybody except for that one woman. Well, so. and you take care of. I mean, you're a cardiologist. I mean, you take care of sick people generally, right? People that come to you usually with an identifiable need. Do you do you mind? I mean, I, I, people love you for people love you for a lot of reasons because you're willing to you know take the road less traveled and speak up for people. But can you give us? You kind of the state of, of of cardiovascular care right now, and what's maybe frustrating you. It's got to be hard for you to still see so much of the throwing more drugs at it, throwing more surgeries at things. I know there's a well, you know, I'll let you say it. Maybe the way you want to say it. Time and a place, extreme emergency medicine. That's never the debate. We're talking about the the daily management and what people need to understand. Do you mind getting on your cardiologist soapbox for a second and just giving us your perspective? Because I think people still need to hear this, doc. Yeah, cardiovascular disease remains the number one killer across the world. Uh, there are tens of millions of heart attacks and strokes. There are, of course, hundreds of billions of dollars spent in the cardiology industry just for pharma alone. In fact, overall pharma revenue is at $1.5 trillion. So we've all been told since we were little kids, you know, follow the money, follow the money, whenever it comes to you know, trying to understand anything that's going on in and around us, and certainly from a geopolitical level, follow the money. And that's, you know, clearly the case, cardiovascular disease. And what frustrates me is the people that are just being abused by the medical system into the pharma model. They suffer all the side effects they don't get any benefits and of course because they believe in the pharma model they do not get the longevity that they deserve you know natural heart doctor is the home of the 100 year heart and people these days in the united states men live until 77 women live until about 80 and that's just not good enough it wasn't good enough as you mentioned my father who died at the age of 63 it's not good enough uh, for, for for anyone and we certainly believe that the human body is built for so much more and like you said god bless the men and the women who work in emergency rooms and trauma centers but for chronic disease the medical community has nothing so doc i just saw an article this morning it might not have come across your desk but yeah but literally published a couple days ago that the life expectancy now for men just dropped to 63.3 or sorry 73.3 it's unbelievable so since 2019, that number you used is 78. And what we've seen, and of course, they tried to blame certain things if you read the top of the article and, you know, COVID, but that wasn't COVID. The average death of COVID was, was older than that. What this was, they're saying it's suicides and it's younger people dying, which so many people, I don't, you, can't, you can't be alive right now just existing, going about your normal daily life. I don't care if you work at a bank or you're a cardiologist and not see something is happening to our younger people. Right, these died suddenlies that you're you're hearing about in Florida. Here, we just had a, another athlete drop dead after you know doing a cross country run. Uh, you don't, you never saw. The, I never saw this stuff. You have a practice. You you see this. I mean, what's your take on these younger people having these events? Well, it's clearly not natural. I mean, that's for sure. It's not natural and it's not genetic and we're not born mm -hmm. to develop these kind of issues, no matter what they what they tell us about certain genes. Medical doctors always love to blame thing on, on genetics because when you blame it on genetics, that means there's nothing you can do about it personally. It's in your genes. It's in your family. All you can do is take our pharmaceuticals and therapies, mm -hmm. and that's uh, and that's obviously wrong. You know, regarding you know young people, I think the most important thing is we need to really look at this very closely, and we need to question it, and we need the fresh you know the freedom to question it. It shouldn't be well if you ask a question about some ba you know young basketball player you know collapsing, and you want to know the time you know frame of when they got their latest shots. I think that's something that we need to know. I think that's something that the medical community should be trying to 
ascertain more important than anything. Now, of course, Big Pharma doesn't care about getting that data because they've got no culpability and no liability. The only people with freedom in this whole thing are the you know, pharmaceutical manufacturers of these vaccines. They're the only ones who are free from us, you know, going, you know, trying to seek, you know, legal recourse in the case of vaccine injury. But listen, you know, let the buyer beware. If you haven't heard by now about all these young people who are collapsing, who are dying, and certainly a lot of the older folks, and like you said, how we're totally changing how life expectancy is in in a modern world. It's absolutely horrific. You know, I'll say one thing real yeah. quick. I was just talking to a buddy of mine and his uh, his grandmother. His grandmother is turning 108. Mm. And I saw her when she turned 101 and apparently still at 108, she's totally lucid. Totally lucid. Got her brain, memory, you know, and just, you know, again, so, you know, she's she functions at 108, I guess, if you will. I'm not saying she's 70, but... The point of this is that we are built for longevity. And this is not a woman who did actually health strategies by any stretch of, of the imagination. But I think it really just goes to show what the human body truly is built for. When you give it what it needs, take away what it doesn't, longevity is ours. Will you talk on, I saw a study the other day, you probably saw this one, and it's been consistent for a long time. You know, two of all of the top medications, you've always got your antidepressants, but then usually right in that realm, it's your statins and your and your hypertensives, your blood pressure drugs. But I still blows my mind, Doc. I get people that walk in. I'm, I, I, you know, oftentimes I'm reaching out to you to get some advice. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're cholesterol. They come in, they say that my doc said my cholesterol. And a lot of times it's even a GP. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even a cardiologist. They said my cholesterol is 208 and they put me on a statin. Do you mind just getting on your your, your statin uh, soapbox for a minute and giving people a cardiology a, a holistic cardiologist perspective on statins and, and a way to think about that? Yeah, you know, it's uh, statin drugs are the number one selling class of drugs of all time. Lipitor itself is the number one revenue generating drug of all time. And the drug class is just a total sham. Now, the medical doctors do it because they're brainwashed into that mentality and they... Uh, are being spun uh, based on marketing, you know, the marketing companies, which are, you know, they disguise themselves as pharmaceutical companies, but they are only marketing companies, Pfizer, Merck, you know, Bristol Myers Squibb, et cetera. They're just marketing companies for the people who actually developed uh, the poison in the first place. But, it, you know, it's uh, it, the class of drug statins. They are some of these physicians believe that the statin drugs should be in the drinking water. Mm. So it's no surprise. Literally, like you're not even exaggerating. That, literally, yeah. I've heard the conversation. I was part of the conversation. <laughs> I was never like a card carrying member of the statin club. But that being said, I certainly prescribed a lot of statins back in the day. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, some doctors right now they will kick you out of their practice if you do not wow. take a statin drug. I was never that kind of guy, but you know, no, I mean, nonetheless, I have not written prescription for statin drug in over 10 years. And wow. I never will again. Wow. It is the, the, one of the biggest poisons in the world. And you also mentioned the, the blood pressure class of yeah. pharmaceuticals uh, classes and all the different things there. And that whole industry is a sham as well. You can lower numbers down with either blood pressure drugs or statin drugs, whatever, or diabetes drugs, whatever your intention is, but you do very little to change outcomes. And unfortunately, what you do is provide the patient with that false sense of security where they can you know, violate the principles of eat well, live well, think well, think they can take the pharmaceutical and they'll be okay. Mm. The problem is they're going to wind up dead. This is, this is one of the things, and I've, I've always tried to 
find a way to try to help somebody understand this. I said, hey, if I, if I had a rock in my shoe, a lot of these are old chiropractic metaphors we always use, right? If I have a rock in my shoe and I just take a pill so I don't feel that rock, the problem is still there. I might not be hurting right now, but it's, it's hurting my foot. It's going to you know, make a bigger problem down the road. Yet, yet people don't understand that with, for example, like you said, you might be lowering, lowering blood pressure, but if the cause of the underlying cause of that has still not been addressed, you're, you're you haven't fixed. I mean, I'm literally, you haven't fixed the problem. So it's not even, it shouldn't be difficult for a person to understand this, but do you mind doc, before we move on to kind of some, maybe some, some advice for people on, for their health and cardiovascular health and how to follow, you're so liberal with your information. You share so much good free. I mean, you give your book away. You, you like, if you want to learn from Dr. Jack, you can learn from Dr. Jack. Um, why, why with the blood pressure thing, what behind that industry got to be so, corrupted you know i've heard this stuff where they lowered the numbers those you know the way they manage it. a lot of times for people i hear about they walk in they get their blood pressure checked one time you know right and then they 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 they, they get told they have high blood pressure and they put on a pill for the rest of their life what's will you talk to us a little bit about high blood pressure for a minute yeah blood pressure is really the the perfect uh, pharmaceutical and physician ploy to get people on and addicted to their pharmaceuticals because, as you said, they never treat the cause of why the blood pressure is high, uh, and therefore they never come up with anything outside of the pharmaceuticals. And what they really sell people on is that if your blood pressure is high, you're going to have a stroke, yeah. and everybody is very afraid of having a stroke. You yeah. can talk to people about dying. You can talk to people, <laughs> you know, about heart attacks. They, they may shrug those off as important, but they're not going to stop them in their tracks. Stroke uh, risk stops people in their tracks. But the pharmaceutical, again, the marketing arm of the pharmaceutical companies is so strong, and it gives the doctors something to do, right? Because the doctors can't use their hands like a doctor of chiropractic uh, can. All they can use is their prescription pad. So therefore, they have to do something. Oh, your blood pressure 144 over 94. Here's a drug. Mm. You come back in, you're all stressed out. You got all these things going on in your life. Your blood pressure is still high, you know, and they give you a, a second drug and it just goes on and on. And it just perpetuates itself. And it's just uh, hundreds of billions of dollars a year wasted you know, on, on that particular uh, you know, issue. And you can also say, well, you know, a lot of these things are generic and that part is true. Although there are plenty of brand name pharmaceuticals, but even you know, the generic industry makes a ton of money. The doctors, of course, by frequent office visits and co-pays, they make a lot of money. I'm not here to insult, you know, all the physicians. Yeah. They're just, they're just taught what they're, what they're taught. And sometimes I, you know, get a little bit sophomoric with it and I'll call them brainwashed monkeys, but sure. that's really what they are. That's really what they are. And, well, you uh, can say that because you, you admit and acknowledge that was the way you used to practice. You're, you're not, you're not denying, not entirely, maybe, maybe you've always been a critical thinker, but you are actually a cardiologist that actually did this and have, you, you've lived this space. So we can listen to that. You have authority to speak in that space. You know, and you've sat in the meetings, you've had the training, and you've, you've done it both ways in a sense. And so that does give you authority to speak to that. Well, well, the purpose is not to, you know, insult or to pass, you know, judgment on these people. It's just really, it's to inform the listener, number one, that there is a much better way. And so they understand all the problems with modern medicine. And then number two, if we are able to reach these practitioners and we are able to continue to turn some to the holistic space and a lot of them go in this, you know, direction, I'm speaking in an event coming up in the middle of December and there are going to be thousands of holistic 
medical doctors there, in addition to doctors of chiropractic and naturopathic doctors, etc. So I do think the revolution is happening, but it's not going to come from the top down because mm. top down, of course, is controlled by by industry and, and money. Uh, it's going to come from the bottom up. It's going to come from the populace understanding what real health is, demanding change, mm. and that's where the revolution is going to happen. Just because I, I have you, and I'm a, I'm a little bit biased, but we just don't get too many people in our world that are, you know, cardiologists married to chiropractors. It's kind of a, a funny, a fu- it feels like there's a joke in there somewhere. But I know you've said in the past that you are very, very strong about making sure your patients are getting chiropractic care for cardiovascular health and for the overall health. But I know you don't say that because your wife's a chiropractor. You say that because um, it works, because it's important. Uh, do you mind, for, for the people that are listening to this, that might not fully understand that, um, to, why that relationship is and why you're so adamant about your patients getting regular chiropractic care? No, most certainly. So I guess quite simply, it really goes back to anatomy. It just goes back to anatomy about how the brain is connected to the heart through the neurologic system, through these series of nerves, also known as the autonomic nervous system. So the brain is connected to the heart and the heart is connected to the brain. And that communication highway, you know, runs, uh, you know, at an extremely fast uh, rate to control everything. And in addition, there is innervation from the brain into all of the major blood vessels as well. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, I don't have to tell you, you know, all the sure. st- stuff, Dr. Ben, but for the listener, of course, all of the organs are innervated by this same autonomic nervous system. So if there is a problem in that communication superhighway, that will lead to cardiovascular disease and, in fact, all disease. And that is the auspice of the doctor of chiropractic. That's where the chiropractor comes in to improve that communication superhighway. And they do so most uh, commonly and obviously through the chiropractic adjustments. And uh, that I would say is kind of my 30,000 foot, you know, overview. I know you, Dr. Ben and others, you know, could really get granular on the details, but just to provide some kind of evidence, if you will, of that, because all the medical doctors, they love the, you know, show me the evidence, show me the science. Science, of course, is a tainted word over the last few years. The science. But, I mean, you mean Mr. Uh, Mr. Science, the science, Mr. Fauci? Yes. <laughs> that, uh, uh, you know, that whole thing, you know, as far as, you know, we know that chiropractic is proven to lower blood pressure by right. 17 over 10. We know that chiropractic is proven to increase heart rate variability, a very important measure of cardiovascular health. We know is that we know that chiropractic lowers inflammation, oxidative stress, and is a benefit to the immune system. And all those things are intimately tied in with cardiovascular disease. But I don't want to play the game of trying to compare mm. studies when you're trying to compare studies that are created in a multi, 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 you know, a trillion dollar industry. So we're not going to try and play their game quite simply. All we need to know is when I go into the chiropractor and I walk out of the chiropractor's office, I feel better. That's all we really need to understand. It's hard to argue with results. I mean, you know, people always ask me, they're like, you know, when I, whether it's like when I'm adjusting people or get adjusted, I adjust my family. Like I'm sure, you know, your kiddos and your family and yourself. And I'm always like, I'm like, it's just a baseline. It's just like, don't overthink this, right? Like you don't like, 
not to compare it to exercise or eating good, but when you're doing things that are just good for you, like you don't have to overthink this, right? Like don't fight. Like I had a lady today. She's like, you know, after my, she's going through some corrective care and she goes, well, when that's over with, you know, like do, you know, <laughs> it was maybe my bad job of educating. She's like, can I still come to you? You know, and I'm like, my goodness, did we miss this? I think so. You know, like that's actually the point. This is not even the fun part, this heavy and, you know, cause like somebody might come to you very sick doc, you get, you get some of the worst of the worst, I'm sure. Right. They call you, they just had a horrible report. They come in with papers and they send you files and they're afraid. They're scared, right? And you do have to get them out of crisis mode and get their get them stabilized or however terms you use that. But then after, after that, usually, right, you get them out of crisis zone. Now it's about, you know, healthy <clears throat> living. And I think as we kind of come into this part of the show, will you give us, um, maybe tell us how to follow you and stuff, but give us some of your, I'm not asking you to doctor over the airwaves, but give us some of your favorite things to do, best practices, cardiovascular health, some listeners right now that are going, hey, because here's where I struggle, doc. I struggle with people that, and them seeing this a lot. Matter of fact, I sent one to you the other day uh, and you've got great, you sent me a great resource on this. People, they're getting these fly-by-night tests done. They're coming into me with calcium scores. They're coming to me with this. They all think they're dead. Literally, they come into me like shaking, sometimes almost crying. Like, I, I, I can't believe this. I think I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a heart attack tonight. Um, and so will you give us some perspective on that? I'm not, you don't have to go in too much into the weeds, but just to kind of give our listeners a little bit of calm them down a little bit, maybe some, some, uh, buyer beware stuff on that. But then also what are some, what are some best practices cardiovascular that you could suggest for us and, and how to maybe resources? Yeah. So, you know, my website, natural heart doctor, uh, and thank you again for allowing me yeah. to, to you, know, you know, say this, that it's, you know, we call ourselves the worldwide leader in cardiovascular health. Mayo Clinic Cleveland Clinic is the worldwide leader in cardiovascular disease mm. or the worldwide leader in cardiovascular health. And we use the methodology of eat well, live well, think well, test, don't guess, evidence-based supplements, and then biohacking strategies with pharma and, and procedures at the end of the game, certainly not at the beginning. Sure. And inside of, you know, the eat well are things like eating plenty of wild seafood and eating nose to tail uh, animals, healthy free range grass fed animals and always eating organic food. And uh, we pay, uh, play, uh, you know, pay good attention to telling people about going gluten free. So mm -hmm. those are the various things, you know, regarding foods. And of course we get a lot more detailed, but inside of living well is sleep and sunshine and physical activity, avoidance of the chemicals and toxins and making sure you're under chiropractic uh, care and seeing a holistic dentist. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's all part of the process where you have to, you know, the more you do these things, the better off you're going to be. And then we also, we can't forget about something that is equally, if not maybe more so important, important than all of these things. And this is the think well component. Mm. We know from COVID, for example, that social isolation is a death sentence. And that is what they advised us to do, right? Socially yeah. isolate, stay at home. And that unfortunately led to so many people dying alone mm. and miserable. And we know from the medical literature that people who say that they have, that they identify themselves as socially isolated have a much, much, much higher risk of heart attack, stroke, sudden cardiac death. So we got to get people, you know, out of, out of that. But other things, of course, inside of, you know, think well are things like spirituality mm -hmm. of community of gratitude, uh, purpose, uh, in life. Uh, you know, some, someone's purpose may be to, you know, change the world of cardiovascular medicine. Sure. Someone's purpose may be to be a better, 
steward of, you know, of God or of their family or of their community or, you know, of, of friends or, or their, you know, their pets or the planet, whatever it may be. So find your purpose, very important. Uh, and then ultimately, yeah, we want to ha- have some self-acceptance for who we are, what we've done. Uh, I think there's a lot of people right now that are certainly beating themselves up mm-hmm. over, uh, you know, getting the shot. They, you know, they were, they were talked into it. They didn't want to do it and they were forced into it. Uh, and, you know, in a lot of ways, we just got to let that go. We got to focus on the principles of eat well, live well, think well. Uh, and then we get, uh, you know, more detailed as far as tests don't guess, doing the most advanced testing in the world that the medical doctors, in some cases, have never even heard of these tests doing those things, believe that evidence-based work, uh, supplements work because they do, you know, and then again, biohacking strategies that can be red light therapy, sauna, it could be IVs, it could be ozone, so many different directions in that arena. But, you know, uh, people don't get sick because they're deficient in pharmaceuticals. Uh, their genetics are fine. Uh, eat well, live well, think well, that's the way. And, and the beautiful thing is, you, you know, you view any illness with that lens and it's going to help with their recovery phase. Do you, do you have, what's your take on some of these? Um, I just alluded to it a little bit just to get, just to kind of t- warn some people, cause I see this with wearables and I think I probably know your, your take on this, but sometimes you can over it's, it's sometimes it sounds good. Hey, isn't it just good to have more information? Well, not if it's crap information and not if that information leads you to fear and more invasive testing. And, and, and if you're in a, a, the bio, you know, the the medical traditional medical model, that's just going to give you more, more dope and give you more fear. So even like you said, with the COVID jab, people that got jabbed, you know, I I say similar things like, listen, I, I, uh, let's we have to move on like we to talk about it is with you is not gonna we're just gonna sit around and feel bad for each other let's let's do let's get after building resiliency and, and helping you know get your body as strong as it can and and thank goodness your body is amazing at healing now we have to do our part but some of these kind of the cardiovascular this that i'm seeing out there do you mind just giving your perspective so people don't get um, bamboozled by some of the popular stuff that's out there um you know some of these uh kind of uh, cardiovascular tests do you mind yeah, I mean, you know, the, the coronary CT scan, I okay, think, is yeah. a, a horrific test. I'm anti-radiation, so I don't like that test at mm. all. There's the, you know, things like carotid intima media thickness, which is an ultrasound. You can yeah. do other forms of ultrasound. And then, like I said, I prefer to use the most advanced blood, urine, uh, saliva, stool testing to really get detailed as to what people's risks are. You know, again, the coronary CT scan is responsible for a lot of anxiety, stress, and I'm very anti-radiation. You also mentioned, you know, the wearables, and uh, I guess I don't have a problem with someone occasionally doing an aura ring, for example, and they want to determine what their sleep was. But overall, I mean, it's not something I would ever use, so therefore I don't advise anybody else, you know, or somebody's like, oh, you know, I slept six hours last night, or uh, or I didn't, or I walked 15,000 steps. Uh, That's all (laughs) EMF. That's all electromagnetic Mm -hmm. frequency radiation coming in. And I believe it interferes with, uh, you know, with the person. And we talked about the benefits yeah. of the, you know, the chiropractic regarding the neurologic system. Well, everything is electrical uh, in the human body. Is Everything is electromagnetic in the human body. And when you take these, uh, you know, non-native uh, EMFs, these man-made EMFs, I think it's a problem. And the data is not going to be useful. I don't care yeah. how many steps you walked. I don't care, you know, how fast your heart rate was. I don't care if you, you know, what your REM sleep was. Uh, there, there's many other ways to get to that information as opposed to shooting all these different signals off a, uh, you know, off a human. I think it's a problem. And I think that people use it. I've, I see it because it's been around. I just see people often use it more negatively in their life. Like it's with shame or they, they think they slept good. I hear this one a lot. I, gosh, I woke up 
thought I slept great, felt great, but my watch said I didn't. <laughs> I'm like, well, come on. Like, just live, live, like you were kind of talking about with chiropractic, like get adjusted, you feel better. Like what's there to talk about, right? Um, and so I think this this illusion that we put so much more faith in in pills, in technology, uh, in, in, a, in a wearable, it's never gonna be smarter than you. And and there's there's these there's, there's another side to that story. Like you said, not only are you interfering with, and I've seen weird stuff. I've seen people that wear those. It shuts their arm down and carpal tunnels and just weird stuff and headaches. I mean, I think that, and I think that's why I wanted people to just at least again, hear that for you. You're not saying to be cavalier with your health. If anything, you're, you're, you're as pro health as it gets. That's the point. But I just see people use these things more as some sort of weird, I don't even know. It, it ends up being, it seems to be more of a burden for them and more stresses them out more than it actually helps them. I guess that's my take on it. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think a lot of times, you know, we're coming in the holiday season, at least mm -hmm. when we're recording this. And, you know, these things are given as gifts, you know, so now you feel compared to wear them and use them. And I always tell people, I'm like, let the people in your life know you don't want these things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or if you did, and then say, you know, kindly, you know, decline and say, I got to return this here. Uh, <laughs> you know, for all the reasons, you know, that we said, I think that, and it can be addictive. I mean, as mm -hmm. far as, you know, you know we're, we're tracking all these data and metrics, but uh, th the therapy is going to be the same. We're going to talk about eat well live well, think well, we're still going to do the most advanced testing in the world to determine what you're toxic in, what you are deficient in, mm. and to look at your status from that uh, angle. So you yeah. know, nobody would ever say that EMF is actually beneficial, but if we actually do a blood draw on someone, there is benefits to, to what's called therapeutic yeah. phlebotomy. Our ancestors used to be, uh, bleed. Now we don't even cut ourselves shaving. There's benefits to that. Mm. What, what kind of last question as we, as we wind her down here, Doc? So you are, you're, yes, you practice, you know, the, the cardiology and, and things, but you are also a, a person that is looking at this world and, and you guys are not afraid to tackle tough topics. You alluded to it at the beginning, you know, there's, you know, that, you know, what's going to be, what's probably going to be next, those types of things. Um, and we don't live in fear. I don't live in fear. I, I don't think you live in fear. Um, but what, where do you see this going? Do you have any kind of encouragement for us as listeners to, you know, there is, whether it's manufactured, I would say that it is, um, but, you know, wherever, whatever's next, we got an election cycle coming up in this next 12 months. I mean, things are likely going to get wild where it's already in wild times. You're seeing a lot of things happen. Where, what can we do? What are some things that you maybe suggest or a perspective um, on, on how we manage this? Because you, you brought that up. Stress is such a big deal. We kind of foo-foo it because we don't know what to do about it. And there's no pill yet for it in a sense, or I'm sure they want to give you one. But um, so what do we what do we do? What's this next bit look for you? What, just give us some kind of uh, fatherly advice, if you will, as we as we head into this next year. Yeah, most certainly. It goes back to another phrase we kind of heard when we were children, you know, hope for the best, but expect the worst. And I think that applies more now than ever. Expect the worst and we can hope for the best, but expect the worst. So what does that mean? It means if you're going to expect the worst, you have to be prepared for the worst. If you expect the worst, but did nothing to prepare for it, mm. then you know, then, then shame on you, if you will, you were, you were made the fool. They just did this. They just shut down the world. They just printed trillions of dollars. They just added 16 trillion to the economic burden of the United States. So be prepared for the next round and how you prepare. Well, you can prepare as much or as little as you want, but I think success and survival 
favors the person who prepares the most. Yeah. Um, how do, do you still offer your book for, is that all on your website? Is that all, is that the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, the book actually is available by going to freeheartbook.com. So you can get a copy of the book uh, over there. But our main website is Natural Heart Doctor. That's where we're at on social media. Social media, I think, uh, has its place in society. Uh, Social media addictions, of course, do not. (laughs) But if we're looking to kind of get really our, our news and our information from people who we trust and people who we would follow on social media. I think that's a great strategy. You know, listening to podcasts like yours, that's where we get the modern news from, from people that, who we trust. We're not going to get it from mainstream television. That's for sure. Do you, and you do some telehealth, right? So somebody might be listening to this and they say, Hey, I want to, I want to work with your team. I want to get your thoughts, get your perspective. I know you can't see everybody in the world, but you have some availability. I don't want to overstate that, but is that possible? Yeah, no, I mean, I still uh, consult with people all over the world and I've got another cardiologist who works with me. I've got a couple naturopathic doctors, uh, two chiropractic physicians as well, and a team of health coaches. So, uh, you know, we're definitely trying to increase the exposure of natural heart doctor. My goal would be to get natural heart doctor into uh, most of the major cities inside of the United States to be able to offer people, you know, the best uh, in cardiac health and certainly, uh, you know, a second opinion to what they're hearing from Mm -hmm. the, you know, traditional, uh, traditionally trained, uh, the medical docs, which really, as you know, are not traditionally trained and traditional uh, <laughs> goes before 1910 when everybody practiced uh, some form of holistic medicine, natural therapies. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, for the last hundred, you know, plus years, it's all been, uh, controlled by pharma. Yeah, I always like, I always joke about that too. Like, I'm like, well, I, I actually, I'm probably traditional healthcare, you know, this little experiment they've been doing for the last hundred years, I'd be worried about, but, uh, that the way it used to be as is much better. Well, doc, we are so thankful for, um, you know, I know that you've had, you've taken many, you always are just, I don't know how you do it, but you're always just kind of joyful and happy and positive whenever I hear you and listen to you speak and have you on the show. I know they've thrown a lot of darts at you and, and, and people have said, you know, things about you and your family and all of that, but you still keep fighting the fight. I'm sure, maybe not sure. Maybe you've had those nights where you and your wife sit down and say, honey, let's just, let's check out, right? Let's just get off the grid and take care of ourselves. But I've had this thing in me and I think you guys do too, which is just, I think we're here to, to contend for people. I think we're here to serve people. I think that's where we get a lot. That's where I get my purpose. That's where I get, you know, my, my value is by serving, serving others. And so, um, but that doesn't mean that it's easy, but I just thank you for being one of those that takes the road less traveled and has, has stayed in the fight, even in the midst of, of uh, the crazy, you know, some very, very crazy times. And I know how you opened the show saying, Hey, you just want to be the best father and the best husband. And, and, you know, I suppose doctor that you want to be, but probably in, in that order. And so, uh, we appreciate you. I know many of my patients appreciate you as you've helped them over the years, doc. And, uh, we just pray nothing but blessings for you and your family and a wonderful holiday season as well, doc. Thank you. Uh, thank you to all. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, listen, obviously, what do we do this for? Yeah, we do it for we do it for the children. We do it for the people who've been wronged. Uh, and we have to always continue, you know, to get the truth out there. So, again, I appreciate being on your show. Amen. Take care, Doc. We'll talk soon. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.